Creating a security program that allows for a high level of resiliency generates a beacon of light for any manufacturer these days. As a beacon shines a light for travelers to safely embark on a journey, a cybersecurity program needs to allow for a solid and steadfast plan moving forward with enough flexibility to work within the dynamic changing nature of the cyber environment. In a working world where a manufacturing process can run for years at a time, operators, engineers, and executives have to be able to adjust and work with what is happening out on the plant floor as a part of everyday life. But now add in cybersecurity to the mix and the level of resiliency needs to escalate to new levels on all fronts. The days of a hard shell exterior not allowing anyone in have given way to understanding what your system is all about and being able to see what is going on so you're not traveling around in the dark. Hello, my name is Greg Hale, and welcome to another episode of the Today with ISS Source podcast series. With us is Dee Kamada, Director of Cybersecurity Services at Schneider Electric, to talk about best practices to reduce cybersecurity risk and improve digital resilience. Dee, welcome. Hi, Greg. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Great. We'll get started off here. When you talk about reducing cybersecurity risk, it seems pretty obvious to start at the beginning. However, we've seen some manufacturers get caught up in the hype of the moment and impulsively uh, purchase uh, certain technologies thinking it will solve all their problems. I want to start off by asking just what should a manufacturer look at to start up or even strengthen their security profile? Yeah, absolutely. So when manufacturers think about cybersecurity, the landscape can be pretty overwhelming. So over the past, you know, five, 10 years, we've seen lots of standards come out, lots of incidents that are driving action, and then numerous different companies that specialize in some element of cybersecurity capability from a software perspective. And so you can understand with all of those triggers why it might be confusing to figure out where a good starting point is. But when I think about cybersecurity and when I think about the structure of the standards, it's really critical to start with the foundational controls, which includes patch management, endpoint protection, backup and recovery, authentication and authorization, and then guidance around network segmentation and hardening. And so in the context of cybersecurity, these terms or these capabilities may not seem as exciting, but the benefit and the reason I suggest starting with that is it actually helps eliminate the majority of the risk and allows to build off of that to implement you know, solutions that are very popular like anomaly detection, or network monitoring or these other solutions that have been popping up over the last two to three years that may seem like a good starting point when in reality, starting with the basics is actually the most beneficial thing that a manufacturer could do. You're talking about certain things in a, over a period of time, but in a project-oriented industry, do uh, manufacturers realize that security is not just a one and done kind of thing, but you know, a singular project, but it's something that has to evolve and continuously be tended to. Do they get that? I would say yes and no. I would say the business model in the manufacturing space has always been project-oriented and cybersecurity was an add-on. And as systems and equipment became more connected, 
cybersecurity is now moving from an add-on to a project to something that needs to be monitored in real time. And so when we say you really need to think of security as an ongoing thing, it's kind of the tension between, okay, we're implementing projects versus cybersecurity is continuous after that project is implemented. So I think it's a shift in kind of business model when it comes to the way that manufacturing projects are carried out, but also this idea that cybersecurity, while it might fall under the umbrella of a piece of a project, it's a continuous thing that needs to be monitored, kind of just like an insurance policy. With security awareness at an all-time high, I mean, where can manufacturers go to create or strengthen their security profile? I mean, can they learn what to do through standards or industry organizations, or or should they really focus on, um, if they don't have the in-house knowledge, can they focus on working with outside providers? Yeah, absolutely. So there's three pieces in every technology solution. There's a people piece, there's a project piece, and there's a technology piece. And each one of these elements is critical. So from a people standpoint, making sure that your employees and the team really understand cybersecurity, the risks, and how to manage it is critical. And I think this piece is really challenging as well. So when you think about cybersecurity expertise and you think about the shortage of cybersecurity experts, sometimes even with the funding, it's hard to find and keep those resources. And so in that space, that's when I would recommend working with a partner and trying to leverage managed services. So there's various different companies that can support this. And and Schneider kind of has a services branch as well. But the benefits of leveraging shared services is you have a pool of experts that are on demand, that are able to understand your particular environment and manufacturing plant, etc., and then alert or make modifications or remediation specific to your environment. And that comes at a lower price point and kind of ensures that if you even do have that resource and how sometimes that resource isn't fully utilized. So it's a win-win scenario because you get that expertise and that on-demand service. And then also it fits the model that many manufacturers are seeing. So lots of cost pressures, but lots of risks arising in the digital space as it relates to cybersecurity. So that would be my advice. And then from a technology piece, there's lots of different companies that have solutions when it comes to cybersecurity. So I would recommend, you know, trying to find a company that can consolidate, you know, all of those different capabilities. So patch management solutions, asset inventory, you know, a SIM type solution, be able to manage all of those controls from one sort of location to help manage the need to leverage various different technology providers. Okay, and I also know within the industry that uh, standards are a key element, and I know one of the big standards or the one, the main focus is IEC 62443, and as a part of those standards, we know about security assurance levels. Can you give a brief outline of some of the uh, security assurance levels? I know there's levels one through four, but in your experience, do you feel these manufacturers have reached compliance with any of these levels? And and then I'll add one more thing on top of that. I mean, how, how difficult is it to go from one level to another? Yep. So 
just to give you a little background on myself, like I spent some time early on in my career as a cybersecurity auditor and also then helped write a standard at a large industrial company. And so I love standards because they provide structure for how cybersecurity should be implemented. And the beauty of the standards is it gives you kind of a step-by-step framework for implementing cybersecurity controls. And so when we think about IEC 62443, which is largely recognized as kind of the standard accepted cybersecurity standard globally, it does just that on behalf of any manufacturer, any industrial company that's trying to implement security. It says, hey, here's your starting point. So security assurance level one, and here's where you can get to. So best in class security assurance level four. That being said, implementing these controls is a challenge. And I think one of the most challenging levels to achieve is security assurance level one. So there's, you know, 30 plus requirements. And this is when you're thinking about security, building out your organization, making changes to your network, et cetera. And like I mentioned, it's those baseline controls. So the patch management, the network segmentation, the hardening, et cetera. And I would recommend that most manufacturing organizations try to at least achieve security assurance level two. I think that based off of the complexity and the price to achieve or cost, I should say, to achieve security assurance level four, you kind of have to weigh out the cost with the actual benefits. So I would say start with one. Once you get security assurance level one completed, the goal should be at least security assurance level two, which starts to introduce concepts like monitoring, network performance monitoring, anomaly detection, et cetera. So a little bit more advanced visibility on top of the controls that are implemented in security assurance level one. So that was a really long-winded answer to your question. So I think Many manufacturing organizations are trying to achieve security assurance level one, which is a great place to start, but I would encourage them to not stop there and really put their site, their goals and strategy to at least achieve security assurance level two. Mm -hmm. Now, as you said, uh, security assurance level one covers the basics. and, And from my understanding of covering the industry over the years, covering these basics would ward off quite a few attacks that could bring a system down. Do you know of any examples where that happened, where, you know, companies were, they kind of had that kind of baseline element and they were saved from any kinds of attacks? Sure. So I think the most popular in the first major industrial machinery cyber attack was Susnex, and that was through a USB drive and not really having endpoint protection controls in place. So malware was transferred from that USB onto the computer. So we're onto the workstation. And so that seems, you know, at this point, pretty archaic because we really understand to kind of harden those ports and whatnot. But even as recent as 2020 with the SolarWinds attack, again, another malware attack that was the result of exploiting, not implementing patches. You see that many times, same with WannaCry, a ransomware case where if the patches that were recommended were validated and implemented, they could have prevented the attack. So I would say I never want to you know, give 100% assurance, but I can say that by doing basic things like patching, and hardening and network segmentation, it takes away a bulk of that risk. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, we, we talk about achieving assurance levels, but that makes an assumption that we have complete company buy-in from the executive level on down. But there are some people that feel that security ends up being a cost center. But how, how do we change the discussion to security being a business enabler, which allows companies to flourish in this, in this digital environment? Yeah, I think that we need to change our mindset around cybersecurity. Cybersecurity should never be the goal. It's basically the foundation to go through the digital transformation journey. And so we're seeing more and more all sorts of challenges. So cost pressures always exist, the pressures to operate more efficiently, create more output, et cetera. And last year, the need to be able to manage operations remotely. None of those things could be possible without connecting devices. And if you connect devices, then you're then responsible to ensure that you have implemented cybersecurity controls. And so what I would recommend from a board level perspective is start thinking about cybersecurity risk in the terms of just enterprise risk in general. So not giving cybersecurity its own kind of subsection. And when you think about that in the context of executive buy-in and board buy-in, your boards and your executive leaders are responsible for managing the risk of the company as a whole. And so it is their responsibility, you know, when meeting those business goals to also address cybersecurity risk as they would with financial risk or safety or whatever that risk bucket may be. And I think once that shift in mindset happens from the executive level, they understand that, okay, in order to really benefit from this digital transformation or all of this money that I'm spending to connect devices, I need to take care of cybersecurity. In reality, from a budget standpoint, it's a drop in the bucket from the total cost of what a digital transformation might take. Well, it's it's funny what your answer kind of leads me into my next question is mainly we've been talking about the plant floor, but let's look at the big picture for a moment. And Are you seeing in this digital environment where there is truly a movement toward a more holistic security approach? Yeah, I think so. I think we're in an interesting space because of the life cycle of of assets. So you have, you know, assets on the manufacturing space that have, you know, life cycles of, you know, 10, 20, 15, 30 years. So you're doing some remediation work, but for new systems and new assets, there is like this shift, I would say, towards considering cybersecurity in the development process as opposed to an afterthought. And so I think on a holistic basis, when we think about a project or when we think about the digital transformation in in general, it's hard to hear lots of people now talk about digital without also thinking through cybersecurity. And I think part of it too is how public some and how big some of these incidents have become. So people understand that while, you know, incidents maybe in the manufacturing space might not occur as frequently as they do in the IT space, when they do occur, the impact is much broader. And so I think that that has encouraged companies, organizations, individual people, even within the company to start thinking about cybersecurity in the day-to-day. If we're going to look at a more holistic approach, do you see a difference 
and how security ends up applied in certain areas like and we don't have to get into you know we deep into the weeds about it but how security is applied in certain areas like process manufacturing compared to say building automation compared to the enterprise yeah so you know i think that at an enterprise level an investment was made within cybersecurity much sooner or much earlier than it is in the process or building automation space. And so you'll see that in the enterprise space, there's a willingness to kind of spend and address cybersecurity because it's been going on for longer. That being said, I think that with the creation of standards like IEC, you're seeing more industrial-focused industries really address cybersecurity. However, like you mentioned When it comes to process automation and say some of the industries such as like oil and gas, power generation, et cetera, with distributed control systems as part of their overall environment, there's the willingness to spend. They have higher budgets, I would say, higher budgets and more requirement obligations from a regulatory standpoint to address cybersecurity. So I would say the spend in those spaces most times is higher in cybersecurity. However, the business model for something like building automation systems is slightly different. The systems are less expensive. And so we need to be able to apply cybersecurity within the context of that business model. And so you'll see that the application of security controls is a little bit different and really focus on network segmentation, maybe firewalls, et cetera, instead of approaching cybersecurity kind of as big one-time projects that they implement at the beginning of an installation. So I would say the rule of thumb in general is cybersecurity can't make up more than 10% of the total environment setup. So that's applied different, you know, obviously in the process automation versus building management system space. Okay. And when we Talk about certain differences in security in areas of a company. Uh, how can a manufacturer ensure it remains resilient to attacks? I mean, what what are some of the thoughts they can do? So I would say that the people piece is really important and then the response piece. So, and it doesn't all need to fall on the particular manufacturer. You can, you know, like I mentioned up front, leverage managed services. But I would say set up a process in which vulnerabilities or incidents or attacks can, one, be detected, and then two, once they are detected, the roles and responsibilities for that remediation process are clearly defined so that the remediation process or the triage process to determine whether a incident or risk is might turn into something that's exploited, like really make sure that there is a team and structure around that. And like I mentioned, there's a technology piece. So event logs and solutions that help with monitoring are really critical. And then the people behind what happens once an alert is made are also very, very critical. All right. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question. And you may have already answered it, but you know, whether they admit it or not, manufacturers really don't want to have to think about security. They would just rather focus on making whatever their product is. But the reality, as you had mentioned earlier, security is the backbone to any digitally-centric enterprise. So so with that in mind, do you have any uh, list of kind of best practices a company can employ 
to strengthen their uh, security approach moving forward. Absolutely. So once the basics are implemented, so patch management, endpoint protection, backup and restore hardening, network segmentation, all of those that I mentioned, try to automate those as much as possible. And I realize that depending on the manufacturer, full automation, it cannot happen, but making those control points routine help make the touch point or the time spent on them, it decreases that load. And then the other thing that I would recommend is is leveraging shared services. So whether that may be co-locating a couple cybersecurity experts within an internal SOC organization that can manage security and kind of pull their minds together and keep an eye on the security posture in-house, or whether that includes managed services, I think that's the other critical piece is that continuous monitoring and then having a resource available should there be an anomaly. Those are the two big pieces. And then I think the other piece that really needs to be understood is the cybersecurity posture for an organization should improve year over year. So set realistic goals as far as the cybersecurity control points to implement within a year and then look to improve, operationalize, automate the controls kind of year over year to build off of that foundation. That way it doesn't seem overwhelming from a budgetary process or technology standpoint. Okay, well, that's really about all the time we have for uh, this episode today. And Dee, I want to I wanna thank you for joining us today and and. I think we've learned quite a bit from what, what you were saying about everything that's that's going on in the cyber environment. So until next time, thank you for listening and please stay safe out there. <laughs>